is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. And now keeping himself with Martinez 5. He is going to be in. Touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge. Runs in from 15 yards out. Tie the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Three sets one over the Florida Gators. Now. Shoots the three. Got it. Isaiah Roby nails it from three-point land. And a good time was had by all. Good Saturday morning. I believe that's how we're supposed to start this show off. All alone in the studio. Kenny's in here as well. Also up on your Facebook Live. Not 100% alone, though. In a very, very disappointing and unapologetic KLIN Husker Hour. I'm Caleb Henry. Cole Stukenholtz. Going to have some things he's got to go do later this morning, but he's going to make sure he gives us a little time as well. Cole, I like the sports reporter setup in the home. How are you doing this Saturday? I'm doing great. Um, I'm doing better than uh, people feel about Desmond Howard and <laughs> Kevin Warren and all of their buddies. Um, I've got my uh, got my my Chiefs Super Bowl mug, as you can see. Got a little uh, Mahomes flavor up there. Alex Gordon representing. I'm, I'm doing good. I'm here in my home office. Right. How about you? I'm my stock is certainly higher than Will Bonds. I can tell you that for for the state of Nebraska. Now that yeah. that is the the biggest story from the week, and we're going to spend a long time on this. Is what was all said throughout the week um, from Scott Frost to Athletic Director Bill Moose joint statements. We had Ted Carter and the Assistant President on Road to Recovery last night, but. The Big Ten did postpone fall sports this week. It was, as the joint statement said from Nebraska leadership, a disappointing decision. They had been expecting to try and play football, explore what all of those options are. Cole, just your initial thoughts on a week ago we were making picks on what Nebraska was going to do for the fall season, and now there isn't one across any of the sports. Yeah, well, I, you buried the lead there, Caleb, because I, I'm sure everybody's heard by now that Nebraska threatened to leave the Big Ten. <laughs> Just scorched earth. Didn't, didn't everybody hear? I mean, what a to go back to Tuesday when the news comes out, uh, and, and Michael Wilbon was the first one on Pardon the Interruption on ESPN, a Northwestern alum, Northwestern trustee, I think I saw as well, Mm-hmm. And just goes in on Nebraska like they threatened to leave the conference and says, well, the Big Ten's been successful for 116 years and a lot of those without Nebraska. Okay. What, when did they ever say they were leaving? I, I, I want to, I want to start here. The starting point for all this is Nebraska's statement, the actual statement that they made after the Big Ten canceled fall sports. Postponed. Yeah. And then the statement read, we are disappointed in the decision by the Big Ten Conference to postpone the fall football season as we have been and continue to be ready to play. Safety comes first. Based on conversations with our medical experts, we continue to strongly believe the absolute safest place for our student-athletes is within the rigorous safety protocols, testing procedures, and structure and supports provided by Husker Athletics. We will continue to consult with medical experts and evaluate the situation as it emerges. We hope it may be possible for our student-athletes to have the opportunity to compete. Sounds like scorched earth to me, Cole. Just ready to it's, threatening to leave the conference. What a terrible message they're sending! I tell you what. So they didn't say they were doing anything of the sort. They were looking at all options. Uh, Tuesday morning, it's Desmond Howard on ESPN. Then it's on. I'm you know I'm on Twitter. You're on Twitter. A lot of people are on Twitter now. Mm-hmm. Adam Rittenberg, Nicole Auerbach, Dan Wolken, Christine Brennan. Uh, they all gave it more oxygen. They legitimized the lazy narrative that Nebraska was threatening to leave the conference because they wouldn't let them play football. Pat Forty, Mizzou's finest, just topped it all off for me when I finally read his column on Sports Illustrated. Look, it's it, it was obvious to everybody that there was a giant double standard there. Ohio State's coach literally said, "We're do, we're looking into a lot of the same things Nebraska's doing." Like, since they're Ohio State, obviously their comments are framed differently uh, because they're the big boys and they can do whatever they want and they can push their weight around. This was the sneaky thing that I saw, though. You want Big Ten unity and Big Ten, oh, we always have unity. How about Nebraska unity? You had Nebraska's head football coach, athletic director, president, and chancellor all on the same statement, all on the same page. You start hearing reports late this week about Harbaugh and how he might not have been on the same page 
with Michigan's president, uh, Nebraska's unity, much greater than Big Ten's unity. Uh, and that I, unity I, for Cole, Cole, that unity for Nebraska extended outside of what those four on the joint statement were. You saw it from all of the players taking to social media. You saw all of the fans taking to social media and getting their thoughts and feelings out there. And you even had the governor saying that he thought Nebraska was in a place to have played football this well. That's, if you're looking for unity for an entire state top-down, Nebraska had it this week. Yeah, you can throw the, the entirety of the media in there. We had, uh, we had people on Twitter who are usually Dirk haters say, <laughs> I even liked a Dirk tweet. Um, so it, I want to go back to Monday, too, because Frost, was well, that was the day that he spoke. He did the Zoom press conference, mm-hmm. followed by three players, which is something no other Big Ten school's done in terms of letting them take questions from, from their media. Uh, his rationale was uh, pretty interesting. Not only did he talk about the budget shortfall, which everybody kind of knew, um, but the next point was if you don't have fall football and maybe you do still have spring, but, but everybody keeps their year of eligibility, let's just say, even if you play in spring, nobody loses a year if they want to keep that year. You theoretically would still have all 85 scholarships from that season plus 20 more from the next class, from the 2021 class that's going to sign, mm-hmm. the year after you just lost 80 to $100 million. Uh, and that's, an, that's Nebraska that operates its athletic department in the black, which most athletic departments don't. Uh, Nebraska usually donates athletics revenues to the university. It's not the other way around like it is a lot of other places. No, cool. So I, I thought that was interesting framing from Frost. Talking about the, the eligibility part of it and what do you do, because the NCAA Division One Council is proposing that if you don't get at least, if you don't play in more than 50% of the maximum allowable games for the season, so for football, I usually that'd be if you play six, seven games, you're around that 50% area. So yeah. if you play less than that, you should be able to maintain your eligibility. The board is going to meet uh, this next week. They'll they'll decide on what the eligibility is, especially if there ends up not being a spring season or if it's a short spring season, you only play three to four games, what all of those eligibility requirements going forward are going to be. But talking about loading up rosters beyond what the scholarship limit is, think to Wisconsin. Barry Alvarez talked about his spring student-athletes and said if you were a senior – I'm sorry, you got to hit the road. You you guys have been here. You've done your time. It's time to move on with your life. Is Wisconsin going to do that with their football program too? I don't know. That's an interesting uh, an interesting conundrum up there at Wisconsin. Um, and and I saw some players come out, kind of wondering, well, hey, we were ready to go, and now you're not even going to try. Um, I, I I don't know if they're going to try to you know kick Wisconsin out of the Big Ten now because <laughs> some players were un un. Uh, Un- unsatisfied by the Big Ten's decision, but or uh, Iowa parents. Ser- yeah, in, in all seriousness, though, it's it's a tough it's a tough call. Uh, I think the NCAA is doing the right thing in terms of keeping that year of eligibility if they can. But then the money comes into it as scholar as as Frost referenced with the scholarships. Are you going to allow 110 guys on a football team on scholarship? And are universities going to have the money to be able to do that and support their other sports that football usually does? I don't know how much revenue you get out of spring even, uh, depending on how many games you play, uh, depending on whether you get TV deals, I'm sure they probably would, how many people you let into the stadium, depending on where this pandemic still sits, because you'll still want to kind of limit that. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a tough situation, and I'm not uh, – nobody is arguing that. Anybody who is, I think, is just making a straw man argument. Everybody understands this is very difficult, and there's a lot of – uh, a lot of parts to this, a lot of moving pieces, but to to just pick out one particular place like Nebraska, who didn't really say anything that inflammatory or any more inflammatory than three other schools in the same conference, uh, was ludicrous to me. And I, another another point that Frost made later on on Monday was that players, uh, in their estimation, with you know consulting with the medical experts, they were more safe. At the university, in the in the the football program, not in a bubble, but close to it, because of access to things like testing and healthcare and nutrition, uh, and and the fact that they would ideally be away from bad influences like alcohol and drugs. He talked about all those things. Uh, it would have been nice if the country that we live in um, had all banded together like Nebraska's football program did, 
and maybe cared enough about college football six months ago to, you know, get us all to a point where we could have college football uh, now. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen, and, and now you have Frost saying, well, the kids are not as safe outside of our program as they would have been inside of our program. Um, it, we, we've talked about, you know, the way the country has mishandled this and how sports are now on the chopping block because of it. Uh, no better example than right there. And now we need to see what are the practices this fall going to look like? What is the testing this fall going to look like since it's not going to be run by the Big Ten and a, and a third party for all that? So a lot of questions still remain. Now, Cole, looking to the spring, Purdue coach Jeff Brom put out a, a, a plan. John Cook talked with the Lincoln Journal Star about the volleyball uh, coaches getting together and having a plan. All of that aside, they put those plans together and either sent it to the Big Ten or sent it directly to social media. Has this week shown that there is a big mistrust in the administration level of the Big Ten Conference and specifically Commissioner Kevin Warren that you have to take things around them to see if they're going to get done in the future? It, it doesn't look good. I mean... You would think that the people in those positions, like Jeff Brom, head football coach, John Cook, head volleyball coach, they would probably be aware of any sorts of conversations involving athletic departments and presidents at the universities along with the Big Ten office. They would probably know whether those plans are getting made or being put in place. Um, and, and, and frankly, even if Brom, like in his situation for football, even if he knew that they were, uh, obviously they didn't have much of a plan for all this time because they, they rolled out the schedule and then less than a week later they, they said, never mind, we're canceling the whole season. So it, it does kind of speak to some mistrust. Uh, there, you know, it, it makes sense that you try to make a plan and just get it out in the public to see what kind of support there is for it because a lot of this, while I think legal liability and, and, and wondering if you're going to get sued if a player gets this uh, and has any long-term effects or, or God forbid, dies, uh, I think that was probably driving the decision. But another thing driving the decision is uh, if if you don't have public support, like across the board, mm-hmm. if they, if one of these plans that are released publicly by one of these coaches or athletic directors gets you know a lot of public support, I think it'd be hard for the Big Ten to turn down unless you had you know legitimate medical concerns. And I am glad you brought up practices because it was a nice little moment of hey, this is this is normalcy. We're talking about how good a Monday practice was <laughs> at, and during a, during a fall football camp, you know, like, Hey, we're back to normal almost. And now we'll get to talk about, you know, Hey, this is the best fall we've seen. And uh, I think Frost said something like it was one of the most passionate and energetic. I think everybody was starting to pull their hair out already. Like it was a real football season. Unfortunately, it's not now. It's not. And well, I, as and we'll get to some of the comments from, uh, from Bill Moose, but he said one of the positives coming out of this is, their department now doesn't have to figure out who can and cannot be allowed in Memorial Stadium. And Cole, for you and me, neither of us is wrong about what the record was going to be for this fall. We'll we'll let you get to what you uh, what you've got planned for the rest of this morning. And b- before we take that break, how likely is the spring in your eyes for the football season? Let alone all of the other fall sports. I think if it happens, it's got to be like six games or less if you're still trying to play in the fall, which obviously they probably will um, try anyway, you, you can't have, you know, like you can't try this 10 game schedule in the spring and, and still expect the, the teams to be able to turn around and play in the fall. I don't think that's, I don't think that's realistic. Uh, I think it's going to be, you know, six games is probably where I come down on as like a good number. You'll have physical scrimmages during, you know, a normal spring practice, maybe not six, uh, but, I think you could probably handle it. And then maybe you push fall back a couple of weeks. Um, but I backpedaling further though, I think it's even more, uh, it's still going to be extremely difficult to pull that off unless you see a vaccine in like November or December and it gets widely spread around the country um, in time for an April uh, or, or March or February, you know, even February start to that season. Uh, I, I, I think it's still going to be pretty tough, but even if they could, I don't think they'd want to do more than six games because that's it, it's going to make it pretty tough to turn around and try to play in the fall. It is, and we'll get into the specifics of that Brom plan a little bit later here on Husker Hour. Cole, I know you're not in the studio, but thanks for dressing up and joining us for a few minutes anyway. I'm off to First Communion. 
We'll see you later. All right, see you. There he is, Cole Stukenholtz, host and special correspondent for KLIN. We're going to get into Coach Frost's Monday press conference and a lot more sound, a lot to go through, Big Ten postponing fall sports for 2020. 9-15, this is KLIN Husker Hour. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. Back here on a KLIN Husker Hour, Caleb Henry, Cole Stukenholt stepping out, got some family business to take care of. First communion, all of those life milestones that that come with raising little ones, and I mean more milestones here for the University of Nebraska as the Big Ten again postponed fall sports. There was a lot to do made about this week on the the statements, especially from Coach Frost on his Monday press conference. Some of them saying that. Frost was threatening to leave the Big Ten, saying Nebraska was putting out that threat. Um, also that Coach Frost was spending a lot of time whining on whether or not there was going to be football played this fall. So we've got his opening statement. We won't get into the question and answer part of his Monday press conference, the first time we had heard from Coach Frost in about a month. But we're going to let his statements stand for themselves. Hear it once again, Husker Nation. Coach Scott Frost from his Monday press conference. We've been kind of intentionally quiet as we've been trying to deal with this, but I think it's time uh, to kind of be a little more upfront about how we feel with a lot of things. I want to start out by saying how proud I am uh, to be representing the University of Nebraska, the city of Lincoln, and the state of Nebraska in my job. Uh, I can't imagine being anywhere and representing people that I care about more than the job that I'm in right now. Um, There's a lot of speculation, a lot of things swirling right now with what's going to happen. I wish I had all the answers. I don't. Um, I have a group of players that I love, every single one of them. Um, I ask them to fight for us all the time, to fight on the football field all the time. Uh, I think at some times the the head head coach's responsibility is to fight for what they want too. our football players want to play. Uh, the coaches want to coach. We want to play football this year at the University of Nebraska. Um, you know, from the beginning of this, we've respected the virus, leaned on the help of the medical experts that we've had access to, a great partnership with UNMC and people that know a lot about this. Um, we, we've leaned on their expertise, leaned on their guidance. Um, our players feel safe. They feel taken care of, uh, and they want to play. I think what's kind of being missed in a lot of these conversations is what the world looks like, what universities look like, and what the lives of our kids look like if we don't play football. And I haven't heard a lot of people talk about that. Um, but what does the world look like without football? You know, A lot of people around the country are going to point to the fact that all these decisions are going to be financial. Uh, let's skip past that for a second. Let's skip past the fact that the University of Nebraska Athletic Department will lose 80 to $120 million if we don't play football. Uh, the city of Lincoln will lose upwards of $300 million if we don't play football, and the state of Nebraska will lose hundreds of millions of dollars if we don't play football. Let's skip past the fact that a lot of people are going to be laid off, furloughs, lose jobs, and their kids um, aren't going to be able to have the same things that they have right now while their mom and dad are working. Uh, Let's skip past the fact that a lot of schools are going to have to drop sports and some sports may never exist again. Let's take the financial piece completely out of it. Right from the beginning, our priority has been the health and safety uh, of our student athletes. Nothing's been more important. Winning or losing any game doesn't matter as much to us as the health and safety of these kids that we care about and love that are playing for us and for the state of Nebraska every week. I want to stop and talk for a minute about what their lives look like if we cancel football tomorrow. Um, If we cancel football tomorrow, um, we're throwing up a white flag and saying this can't be done. And if that's the decision that's made, um, we'll certainly abide by it. But let's let's think about our players and their health and well-being for a minute. Do we keep them here? Do we send them home? Where do they go? What do they do? What do I do with them? the virus is going to be here whether we play football or not, and our kids are going to have an opportunity to contract the virus whether we're playing football or not. 
I, I don't have license to talk about the number of players we've had that have tested positive, but what I can tell you is we're very sure that the vast majority, if not all of them, contracted the coronavirus somewhere outside of our building and not in our workouts. Um, I still haven't seen any evidence to say that uh, a lot of these players are, are getting it in these type of activities. We feel, and I feel 100% certain, that the safest place for our players in regards to coronavirus is right here where there's structure, where there's testing, where there's medical supervision, uh, where they have motivation to make smart decisions to stay away from the virus because if they don't, they're going to lose what they love and lose their opportunity to play football. The virus is here either way, and I would contend that our players are safer here doing what they love to do and being monitored and screened constantly than would, we would be if we sent them home. Um, they have better access to medical care here. If we send them somewhere else, are they going to have doctors screening them for, for symptoms? Are they going to have people taking care of them? Are they going to have access to medical care if they do contract the virus? Where are they going to go and what are they going to do? If we send them home, they're not going to have access to regular testing to make sure that we know who has it, who doesn't, who they should be hanging out with, who they shouldn't. Again, I, I truly believe at the bottom of my heart in regards to testing and the things that we can do for our players that they're safer here than they are if we cancel season and send them somewhere else. You've got to touch on nutrition. If we're not in business here, our kids aren't going to be eating the same way. Nutrition leads to a lot of immune boosting and strengthening. I believe our kids are safer if they're getting sleep and routine, eating the right way and doing the right things here. I don't know how many of our kids will be able to make it through school if they're not here getting the academic help that they, they can. I assume because we have a smart team, the vast majority would. But our kids aren't going to have access to those things. Mental health is a big thing. Our, our players love what they do. They want to play. They want to be here playing. They have mental health support here. Without the structured environment here, I worry about our kids. I worry about our kids in relation to drugs. I worry about our kids in relation to alcohol. I worry about our kids in relation to the decisions they're making outside of any kind of football uh, structure or workout structure. Truly, at the bottom of my heart, believe that our kids are safer in this environment than they are somewhere else. I think fewer of our kids will get it. Fewer of them will get sick. We want to fight for these players any way we can. I'm passionate about this because I care about our players, and our players want to play. There's been a lot of narratives out there. I was proud of our players a week or so ago uh, when a statement came out from Big Ten United. Um, we didn't steer or direct our players as to what to do. All we, only direction we gave them was make sure that if this is a voice that's supposed to be speaking for you, make sure that you agree with what the voice is saying. Our leadership got together and abdicated from the Big Ten United group um, and right on the heels of that on their own accord put out a lot of tweets um, about how they feel about Nebraska and said we want to play football. If football is a mitigating factor, if football is the reason that kids are going to get sick, uh, catch COVID, put themselves at risk, um, I'll be the first one if I think Football is the reason these guys are at danger to try to pull the plug. Our kids want to play. We want to let them play. And I truly, at the bottom of my heart, believe this is the safest place for them, doing what they love and being taken care of by a bunch of people that care about them. If we send kids home, they're going to be in closer contact with a lot of people, family members, and other people that might be at higher risk for coronavirus than if we keep them here around another environment where they're around other young, healthy people. If I had a son, I'd want him playing football. I think this is the safest place that he could be. Um, and a lot of schools around the conference field probably feel the same way, that the safest environment that we can put these guys in is an environment where they're being monitored constantly, being screened, being tested, being taken care of, uh, being protected if they do get sick. I'm passionate about this because our guys want to play. I'm proud of who they are and the decisions they've made. I think it's our responsibility to make sure that they respect this virus. 
I'm not a doctor and I don't understand a lot of these things. The medical experts that we're leaning on are the ones uh, that are guiding our decisions. Sometimes I think our players aren't scared enough of this um, because of the guys that we have on our team that have had this, that haven't had very many symptoms or have been just slightly symptomatic or not symptomatic at all. I'm not sure our players respect this enough. That's our job as leaders of this program, this university, and this athletic department to make sure that we keep them as safe as possible even when they're not taking it seriously enough. There's a lot of reasons I think guys are safer here, and every single one of our guys is passionate about playing. We've told guys right from the start uh, of this pandemic that if there's anything we're doing, anything we're asking you to do that you don't feel safe about, that every single one of them has the right uh, to say that they don't want to be a part of anything. Uh, I fully believe it, it's, it's their right to say they don't feel safe, they don't want to play. We let them know they wouldn't be penalized in any way in this program if they make a decision that's their decision and they don't feel safe doing the things we're doing. We haven't had one yet. If we do, I understand. But our football team wants to play and we want to fight for their opportunity to play. The leadership at the University of Nebraska has been incredible. The guys that I've worked with, uh, from the governor to Ted Carter, uh, to Ronnie Green, Bill Moose, and others, our Board of Regents, uh, we're committed to playing football at the University of Nebraska. Uh, we're a proud member of the Big Ten. Uh, I think it's the best conference in the country. We want to play a Big Ten schedule. Um, I think our university is committed to playing football any way that we possibly can, um, regardless of what anybody else does. So there you go. That is Coach Scott Frost from his Monday press conference. And as you heard at the very end, just another reiteration of proud member of the Big Ten Conference, wants to play a Big Ten schedule, at least at the time before everything got called off. But was also very clear in wanting to see what the other options were for playing fall football and playing fall sports if the Big Ten did happen to call those off, and that's it. they ended up doing so. And all of that got misinterpreted by a number of national media that Cole and I talked about in the very first segment on whining, threatening to leave the Big Ten, and any sane person who listened to that impassioned ten-and-a-half-minute opening statement from Coach Frost, I don't see how you can read hear what he's saying and read into that as anything other than a football coach who wants the best for his players and wants to give them the opportunity to showcase the hard work that they have put into not just over the summer but over the years everything that they have gone in that they have gone and put into their bodies everything that they have gone and put into their work read, learning the playbook studying for the season, wanting things to get better, especially after they missed the spring there as well. So once again, no whining or threatening from Coach Frost. We'll hear also from Athletic Director Bill Moose and NU System President Ted Carter. Both of those were here on 1400 KLIN earlier in the week, one on Sports Nightly, the other on Road to Recovery. Halfway through KLIN Husker Hour, a lot more still to go, a lot more reaction and thoughts on the Big Ten's postponement of fall sports. This is KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. Talking with current and former Huskers and those who cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. 9.32 in the capital city. Had some severe weather chances last night, but... Everything seemed to continue to miss Lincoln. All hail the Lincoln Dome. Well, one thing that the Lincoln Dome can't protect us from is the fact that there's not going to be college football here in the capital city this fall. Once again, can't reiterate this enough. Big Ten on their postponement for the fall season. Disappointing across Husker Nation. One of those that was part of that joint statement for Nebraska in that disappointment Athletic Director Bill Moose, he spoke on Sports Nightly on Thursday, hours after a different joint statement had come out. We'll get to that in a a couple moments here, but just wanted to go through Greg Sharp's conversation with Athletic Director Bill Moose, and Greg asked him 
how things had gone for the last week and a half leading up from the Big Ten schedule being announced to everything being called off and, and national media taking statements um, quite a bit out of context. It, it's been fast-paced. Um, the process has taken five months, and uh, and then it all came to an end fairly quickly. Uh, and that certainly is frustrating. I I feel uh, for our coaches who have been working so hard and, and for our fans who uh, were really getting excited, uh, and most of all for the student-athletes who have worked very, very diligently, have worked hard, have um, had their hopes up, and uh, and hopefully we can keep their morale where where it can be and and keep moving through this thing. As we just heard Scott Frost's press conference, at least his opening statement from Monday, Moose was asked about how he felt his uh, head football coach had done. Scott Frost is uh, not only very articulate, he's very smart. He's passionate. He's caring. He isn't just saying these things to be talking. He he means this, and we need to remember, and our fans need to remember that he made those comments before any decision was made uh, on the season and such. He he uh, he voiced what he felt. Uh, I thought he was uh, very um, uh, appropriate and respectful to the Big Ten, as we all are. Uh, But uh, let me tell you, uh, Scott Frost will have a great record as the head football coach of the University of Nebraska. Uh, But how he has handled this and, and what his priorities have been is what he's all about. And, um, uh, I, I, I watched him and listened to that and never have I ever been in doubt that he's the right guy to be leading this football program. And, and I hope everybody understands how fortunate we are to have him. A lot of praise from the athletic director to the head football coach. And as he said there multiple times that Frost had been complimentary of the big 10 conference, wanted to play within the big 10 conference. Now Moose talked about one thing that was mentioned not only from Coach Frost but also from the statement in the disappointment from the Big Ten Conference's postponement of fall sports on exploring options for playing without a Big Ten schedule. Our positioning here in, in Lincoln, Nebraska, is different than our, our peers in the Big Ten, uh, with the possible exception of Iowa. We, uh, <clears throat> we're in a safe, clean environment. Uh, we have done everything to a T in regards to testing protocols. Um, I, we, we, could, we could write the book on how to get a football team, volleyball team, soccer team ready for competition in the midst of a, of a worldwide pandemic. And uh, <clears throat> so we felt that uh, if indeed the season was canceled that uh, we needed to be prepared uh, to look at some options and some alternatives to uh, hopefully play six seven eight nine maybe ten games uh, with opponents outside of the Big Ten and uh, uh, we were looking at that hoping and uh, planning to play that uh, reduced 10-game schedule that was put out by the Big Ten that I had a lot to do with, uh, but wanted some options in the event we couldn't. And uh, as you know and our fans know, uh, that that was not permissible. Uh, Primarily, I feel, Greg, because the season really wasn't canceled. It was postponed. And uh, that, that means that hopefully we're going to play in the spring or sometime uh, after the first of the calendar year. And uh, that would have made it uh, difficult to still play uh, a series of non-conference games in the fall and then come back and play a conference season uh, in the spring. At least that's how the conference felt. It wasn't how Scott and I felt. And uh, uh, I, I, you know, at the end of the day, 
Uh, we are proud members of the Big Ten. It's a prestigious conference, and we will be in compliance, but we thought all the way until actually yesterday that we might have a chance to do that. More and more saying a proud member of the Big Ten Conference, and as Moose alluded to there, because the season postponed, not canceled, that's why the options were no longer being explored. Up until that point, they had gone through and looked at everything, and although it had said postponed, they were seeing what's what's realistic about a spring season. Are you able to play some games in the fall and then come back and play a spring season? Moose, as he said, ultimately decided that that's not what would be in the best interest of their student-athletes, at least from the Big Ten Conference standpoint. Um, between him and Frost, they thought it could still be possible and could still be done. We heard from the Big Ten commissioner on Tuesday following the announcement. He was asked twice if a school could, quote-unquote, go rogue and go on their own and play non-conference games. And he avoided the question twice, could not give an answer. But later on into the evening, he talked with Yahoo Sports just on a phone call where there's not as much back and forth, there's not as much eyes, not as many eyes on the conversation. And his quote was, for could someone go and play by themselves? He said, no, and not be a member of the Big Ten. So there was a line in the sand and all of that blew up through into Wednesday throughout the day where there was still silence from Nebraska leadership, let everything play out before eventually having a statement come out on Thursday. But all of that silence was just more national media trying to pile on and be the latest, as Cole has said, with the lazy take of Nebraska threatening to leave the Big Ten. We've heard from everyone across the leadership that that is not the case at all. Because of that national media reaction, uh, Moose was asked about if that put a strain on Nebraska's relationship with the Big Ten Conference. No, I don't think so. Uh, I know in some uh, sports talk shows and and uh, such, uh, they, there was some uh, anger and feelings that uh, you don't like the Big Ten, get out. That isn't what this was all about. Uh, we like the Big Ten, and we're going to compete in the Big Ten, and we're going to be successful in the Big Ten. Uh, so uh, that was a decision that was made 10 years ago, and the decision stands, and uh, our our future plans are to compete and to be successful in all of our sport programs in this good conference. A definitive answer from the athletic director for Nebraska, not expecting to leave the Big Ten. have only been here about 10 years. I believe contract goes up to 2032. So you're only halfway into that Big Ten partnership. Now, Moose and Frost had both said that they, they believe campus was the safest place for Nebraska student-athletes. Moose talked about that confidence on what they had expected if sports were to be played on having those student-athletes on campus, keeping them both safe but having access to all of the different nutrition and medical experts. Well, I've said all along uh, when I was uh, staging um, the the fight and turned out to, to uh, go into fruition of uh, having voluntary workouts begin the 1st of June because I said back then and I continue to that the safest place for our student athletes is Lincoln, Nebraska to get them out of high risk areas in California and Texas and Florida and and New Jersey and get them here and uh, the safest place once they're in Lincoln, Nebraska is in our facilities and uh, our, our medical uh, people, our doctors, trainers, uh, all of our performance uh, professionals, our uh, psychologists, our nutritionists, everybody was uh, queued up and ready to take care of these student-athletes. Our testing protocol, how we got the student-athlete from the airport to our facilities, a quarantine for uh, two days, uh, testing, uh, if we did have a positive test, uh, uh, how we dealt with that, uh, all very, very well. Like I said earlier in our visit, uh, we could write the book on that. And uh, so uh, we, we felt all along that we were on top of this. And uh, 
really felt in many regards that a lot of the other conference schools were too. Uh, there were some concerns at some places, and that's understandable, but uh, here at the University of Nebraska, because where we are, because of the great professionals, our wonderful affiliation with uh, the University of Nebraska Medical uh, Center in Omaha, uh, they have been so, so very helpful and played such a very big part in what we're doing and will continue to. It was, uh, I felt, a very comfortable situation that uh, all of us felt good about and that we were uh, making good strides to be in a position to start our fall camps in, in the three sports, football, volleyball, and soccer, and move on into competition in September. Now, Moose talked about that relationship with the University of Nebraska Medical Center. One of their doctors, Dr. Chris Cradiville, actually chairs the Big Ten Task Force for Emerging and Infectious Diseases. We we reached out earlier in the week, uh, wanting to talk with him again. He'd, he'd come on KLIN a couple of times on Road to Recovery, talked about how the task force got set up, talked about the decision-making going into the summer, unable to get him to come on again to talk about the latest decision, uh, which was made, as the Big Ten commissioner said, on the advice from medical professionals and from that task force. And we were we were interested to know, at least from myself and Kellen Haviken, as we've wanted to talk with Dr. Craddeville again, what went into that decision, what had changed over that last week, but also where where were things going on the fact that you've got some You'll have students on campus versus student-athletes no longer able to compete. We do have an answer from Ted Carter. We'll, we'll have that after the break. But we're unable to get uh, Dr. Chris Craddeville come on the show on the station um, as he just referred to the Big Ten statement for where they made their decision. Now, A.D. Moose talked about student-athletes and, and how they're doing after this decision. That was a tough message to send out. Uh, it was a tough head coaches meeting. Uh, I had a tough time getting through that because I love those coaches. And I love our our student-athletes are just eager to um, compete and to be teammates. Uh, and uh, they are resilient. Um, we're hoping they'll all stay the course. We're uh, working on what the what the schedule will be and how many hours we can have access with them in the, in the various sports. We have the the uh, winter and spring sports coming back to start school here um, shortly, and and can we get them into their facilities and, and all those things. Uh, these young people want to be here. They want to be with their teammates. They want to have the discipline and structure that they need, and we want to provide it. So um, disappointed, yes. Think about it. They have dreamt of of, of competing at the college level, the major college level, at a at a storied program like the University of Nebraska um, in in the prestigious Big Ten, and uh, for right now those dreams are crushed, and uh, it's going to take uh, all we've got to make sure we embrace them, love them, take care of them, and get through this together. And I, I really feel that uh, we have the people at all levels and, and capacities to do that. End of the day, student-athletes the ones uh, very, very much at the top end of those impacted. And we'll squeeze this one in before our final break. Moose talked about what those economic ramifications are of no-fall sports across the Big Ten and especially here in Lincoln. Well, when we made those tough decisions uh, back in June, uh, we eliminated 17 positions, um, some some of those high-level positions, uh, and made a budget cut of 10% to address uh, a, a uh, budget deficit that in the beginning we were thinking might be uh, 12, maybe $15 million. Uh, with the news that we received, uh, this week, we now are looking at a deficit in athletics alone right here. I'm not talking the university of uh, north of $100 million. Um, we, If we can get the television revenue or parts of it uh, with a, a non-traditional season, that'll help. But as we've talked before, each 
each home football game is worth twelve million, uh, and and that didn't count television and our our uh, our media partners and all of those things. So uh, we've been meeting and been meeting for quite some time. Now we have a, a solid feel for uh, the the dilemma we're facing. Uh, my senior staff right now, as we're speaking, is in uh, our conference room uh, looking at all the different ways that we can address this. So uh, that that is a, uh, a daunting exercise. Now, last time we talked, I mentioned uh, the family of Lincoln. You know, we care about uh, all these businesses, all these wonderful people in Lincoln and throughout the, uh, the greater Lincoln area and are all around the state of Nebraska. Uh, at that time, I was talking about a $250 million economic uh, negative impact. It's probably closer to $300 million that seven home games at capacity provide, and that's a lot of businesses, a lot of jobs, a lot of families that are going to be affected. And uh, uh, that weighs heavy on me, and it weighs heavy on on uh, all of the administrators at, at the university of Nebraska. So, uh, uh, well, you know, this is an amazing state and, and we will lock arms and we will, we will march through this much like we did, uh, in the aftermath of the floods, uh, that took place, uh, earlier and last year. And, and, uh, we'll get there and it'll make us stronger. We'll come out better in the end. But, uh, uh, I, I have a strong, strong care and and feelings for the people that are going to be affected, both in our department and at the university in Lincoln and throughout the entire state of Nebraska. So there you have it, Athletic Director Bill Moose. Cuts were made earlier in the summer, expecting about twelve to fifteen million dollars in deficit. Now north of a hundred million dollars expected as well. Going to get one last break. We'll hear from NU System President Ted Carter around the corner. Also. What is that plan for spring football from Purdue's head football coach? We'll wrap up Husker Hour next on 1400 KLIN. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Wrapping things up on a Saturday morning. No Husker sports for the foreseeable future. Hopefully everything comes back for the winter. At least that is the expectation. Now we talk... Got a lot of sound there from Scott Frost and Bill Moose. We also, on Road to Recovery yesterday, talked with NU System President Ted Carter. One of the first questions we had to ask was, what has been the your reaction, at least, to the national media's reaction to NU's disappointment in the Big Ten decision? I think I speak for just about everybody in the state of Nebraska. It's been really frustrating. Uh, you know, all we said, and, uh, and, and I support Coach Scott Frost, Bill Moose, uh, Chancellor Green, myself, all the way up to the governor, we all want to compete. And I think that's what we were really saying. We want every opportunity to compete as members of the Big Ten. Uh, you know, I think it's been pretty obvious that we didn't agree with the uh, the vote that occurred. Um, so that's not a secret anymore. Um, and we supported what we went into and what we said. Uh, but we never said that we were threatening or we would leave the Big Ten to try to achieve some independent football schedule. Um, you know, this university worked so hard to get into the Big Ten in 2010, uh, and it's a big deal. And I think, you know, we can listen to the arguments about whether the Big Ten's a good fit or not. Uh, once you commit to something like joining the Big Ten, it, it, it's something that is so big and has so many tentacles to it, not just in media rights, contracts, uh, the academic pieces that are attached to it. Um, you know, we made that effort to get into the Big Ten. We are members of the Big Ten. We intend to stay members of the Big Ten. So even though I don't think we really had to make that statement, the you know the uh, the media took advantage of uh, some statements that were made and turned that into something that it wasn't. And uh, we felt that to settle the uh, stormy waters, we had to make a statement, which is why we did that on Thursday morning. Now, that statement Thursday morning that came out from both UNL Chancellor Ronnie Green and NU System President Ted Carter, 
It's at the University of Nebraska, fully committed member of the Big Ten Conference. It is an unparalleled athletic and academic alliance. We have the greatest fans in college athletics. This has been a difficult and disappointing week for the Husker family. We all look forward to the day we can cheer on our student-athletes on the field and in the arena. Again, that is another definitive statement from a Nebraska leader on Nebraska's relationship with the Big Ten Conference. And, of course, we had to ask Carter again, as we heard from Bill Moose, north of $100 million expected in the economic ramifications. Carter spoke on that economic fallout as well. Well, there's no doubt it's going to be a tough year. Uh, as, uh, again, some listeners may associate Husker Athletics with the University of Nebraska system and the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, I remind everybody that they run their budget separately, which is a great privilege. Not many universities are that uh, successful that they can do that. We're talking roughly about $150 million a year budget for Husker Athletics alone. Uh, this year wasn't going to be a good year for us no matter what. It, let's say we did play in the fall. Not sure what the stadium would have looked like, uh, but it would have been a lot less than what we normally get. When Bill's talking about $12 million a home game, we were nowhere near get that, even in the fall. Uh, when will we be able to get to that? I certainly like to think we'll be full back up by the fall of next year. And I like to think if we're going to really talk about playing in the spring, we ought to get all in on that and figure out how to look to the, the future and make the most out of that. And then look at what we can do this fall. I mean, we got a great stadium. we got the best weather this time of year. What can we do between our Husker athletics, our athletes, uh, you know, the people here in town, the businesses that are here in town, uh, I, I think we're going to have to just start rethinking about what's in front of us and maybe talk a little bit less about how we got there because we are where we are. And finally, from NU System President Ted Carter on the argument that it isn't safe if it, if it is not safe for sports and student-athletes, then it isn't safe for students to be on campus either. Uh, I have seen that uh, play out on some social media channels. You know, if, we, if we're not safe enough to play fall sports, are we safe enough to bring students on our campus? And the answer is yes. I mean, we've been working towards this since, uh, really, quite honestly, May in great detail. Plans, de-densifying, personal protective equipment, all the things that we've been doing, that we've been talking about. And I guess I'll simply answer this by saying going to college and going to university, even being on a campus and living in a dormitory, it's not a contact sport. You know, we can do things to make ourselves safe, uh, and I feel confident that we can do everything we can to mitigate the issues that are out there. I mean, this is why we said we think we were safe to play fall sports as well. We thought we could mitigate those issues here in Nebraska. So, yes, we didn't win the vote on playing sports here in Nebraska, but we are going to continue to play on how we get our students on campus and do in-person learning. Now, we'll be flexible and dynamic should we have a major outbreak. We'll be ready to keep our students safe. Um, so I'm I'm still optimistic that we're doing everything we can. The the work done by the chancellors, the faculty and staff has been extraordinary. So there you go. In their own words, Frost, Moose, and Carter disappointed in how this week has gone, but also remaining fully committed to the Big Ten Conference. Now that plan for the spring, we'll we'll get to that here as we wrap things up on the Husker Hour. Purdue head coach Jeff Brom wants to do an eight-game spring season. Six divisional games, two crossover games, possibly having a seeded game in there as well. Wants that season to begin in the late February, run through late April, have no bye weeks. Wants a six-team playoff, possibly, or just play into a Big Ten championship game. This His plan would affect all the way through spring practices in 2022. So a lot of ramifications if you do get to spring football, no matter what that plan does end up being. My thanks to Cole Stukenholz still joining us in that first segment. Big Ten postponing all fall sports. No NCAA fall championships as well. Go Big Red.